Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I've been too stuck to my ways. I've been so out of my place. Yeah, I'm a slave. 500 years, it's a race. Shackles and buckles with chains. 500 days. I've been too stuck to my ways. I've been so out of my place. Yeah, I'm a slave. 500 years, it's a race. Shackles and buckles, shackles and chains. Bozzy be back. Snotty Nose Res Kids are a critically acclaimed hip hop duo currently based in Vancouver, British Columbia. Primarily comprised of cousins and rappers Quinton Nice and Darren Metz, Snotty Nose Res Kids have been nominated for the Polaris Music Prize and the Juno Award here in Canada, and they have three excellent independently released and acclaimed albums to their name. Their latest is Trapline, which is out May 10th, 2019, and speaks to the group's sense of place, identity, and self-protection, and it's prompted them to tour more extensively than they ever have before. Snotty Nose Res Kids, including DJ Cookham, played the 2019 edition of Kazoo Fest in Guelph, which resides on the ancestral lands of the Atawandran people and the treaty lands and territory of the Mississaugas of the Credit. And it's also where I live in Guelph. And so we met for a conversation about Snotty Nose Res Kids' origins and the Up in Smoke tour concert DVD that they watched a lot of when they were younger, their love of hip-hop and basketball, the significance of the matriarchy in indigenous culture, how external attention has altered their approach to making urgent and substantive music, the themes and special guests on their new album Trapline, and much more. With the support of listeners like you who subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly pledges at patreon.com slash Control. Plus in-kind support from CFRU 93.3 FM, Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton. This is the 474th episode of Creative Control, featuring the amazing Snotty Nose Res Kids, with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Sing a John Wayne's teeth, hey ya. This ain't go back where you came, hey ya. I tell them you should do the same, hey ya. Look, to all my relations, hop a two feathers up now. It's a glorious occasion. Welcome to the seventh generation club. What up? One time for the home down the res road. Two times for the crew in the city, though. Legend has it that creator made an animal. You need no, I'm an animal. One time for the home down the res road. Two times for the crew in the city, though. Legend has it that creator made an animal. Hello, Snotty Nose Rez Kids. How are you? No, we're good, man. We're chilling. Good, good, good. Welcome to Guelph. Thank you. Yeah, it's nice to have you here. Now, before we get into where you've come from today, I thought we should each of you maybe introduce yourselves so that the listener knows who and yeah, I we've course. never met have we ever met no no it's the first yeah, time first time we're probably in the same room I was at the Polaris Gala yeah, yeah in the fall right. so I pro- we probably we we brushed past each other mm-hmm. walking yeah, yeah. <laughs> breathe the same air you know that kind of thing that probably happened okay why don't we start here can you introduce yourself yeah my name is Darren Metz and I go by the name of Young D 
Darren, it's nice to meet you. Pleasure. Thank you for making time for me. I do appreciate it. Oh, thanks for coming over, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my name is Quentin Nice. I go by the name of Young Tribes. I'm one half of the Snotty Nose Res Kids. Uh, living out of Vancouver right now, currently squatting on uh, the Coast Salish People's Territory. Mm-hmm. But I come from the Heisen Nation, which is Northwest BC, Kitimat, BC. Is that where you're both from? Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Nice. Thank you so much. What's up? Uh, my name is Cheyenne. <laughs> I go by DJ Cookum. Cookum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm Cree and Dene from Alberta, Cold Lake, Alberta, and Alexis Nakota Sioux Nation, but I live in Vancouver. Nice. Well, that's where I met these guys. Nice. Cookum is Cooking an interesting name. What, where, where does the name Cookum Um, from? It means grandma in Cree. Oh. And it's a nickname I've been stuck with since I was like 15 years old. Do you have grand maternal instincts within you is that a vibe you <laughs> yeah. put across yeah these white hairs you know <laughs> <laughs> i've got it. i know what you're saying i got those too and afternoon naps and afternoon <laughs> yeah. naps yeah so just to set There's the scene i we're at whose house is this uh i don't know it's airbnb airbnb so we're in guelph uh, an airbnb you guys as we're speaking you're here to play kazoo fest but uh, i live in guelph have you been to guelph before uh, first time never what do you make of it so far? So far, the Uber ride in was a nice scenic route, but it was good. Yeah, <laughs> did, yeah it, was did, good. did you get paid? I don't. You, I've never used Uber myself. I've been in other car oh, where people have the Uber. Do they charge you more if you drive? If they drive longer, uh, I don't like even, a cabbie. Like a, you know how you're like, ah, no, I think the cabbie. They have this. like a set price. Okay, yeah, and they change yeah. a lot. Yeah, they fluctuate on like times. The rate changes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It depends like, on so the time if, like, of day. If it's a busy day. And there's a lot of people calling for Ubers. The rates will be up higher. Oh, right. Okay. Kind of like if there's a hockey team or a hockey tournament in town, the hotel's prices go up. You right. Know? Right. Okay. So it's a stuff. bit of a scheme. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit of a scheme. Yeah. But you had a scenic route to your old school. We're in like a 60s suburb. Yeah. Okay. So I, I would say maybe 50s, 60s. Let's yeah. go, war era. Some kind of war has happened. A and lot then of they built these houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> where did you come from today? Uh, we were in Toronto. Oh, you were just in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we came from Vancouver yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah, we flew in yesterday morning. And so you're staying in Toronto? Well, we're staying here tonight and then back in Toronto for a night. And we're doing like some studio sessions there. Okay. And back to Vancouver. So we're, we'll be back home on Sunday. Studio sessions. And that's fascinating in itself because uh, as we're speaking, uh, your record, your next record, Trapline, is not out yet. But no. it will be maybe by the time people hear this. Or when, what's the date? May 10th, right? May 10th, yeah. May, May 10th. 10th. So uh, it's great, by the way. I've, I was lucky to hear, uh, hear oh, you, it. You got to listen to it? I got to listen to oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. There's a little Kendrick Lamar section that I enjoyed. I, that stuck out. I'm, it's a bit fresh to me, so I yeah. I hesitate to say I listened to it because now I, I, I feel like you're going to test me. And I, don't, <laughs> I don't know a lot of it. I, I just listened to it because I got it today, and I was like, it sounds good. Okay, but, good. But the interesting part is you're doing studio sessions for what? Not um, towards that record, obviously. No, just for our tour that's coming out. Like we're working with like different artists out of Toronto, okay. and we're working with some power singers for some samples. We're gonna get some sound bites from them, and we're gonna use that on our tour. So this just is for live stuff. Oh, live. for live, live stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So my understanding about Trapline is that it began as kind of a mixtape. Is that correct? Yeah, we actually started that mixtape for shows like this that we're doing here in Guelph. It was meant for. Uh, summer festivals so it was called res bangers and cooler pops and actually we ended up scrapping probably like five songs from that album and put like five remaining that survived from that album onto this one okay and we turned that album into what is now trapline okay which is our album that comes out on may 10th so was this modification a reaction to anything in particular or is it just something that kind of happened like where you is it a is, yeah. is that reaction to something that went on within the it, group or it actually kind of it was kind of a bunch of different things we made that so that our live sets will be dope you know like we bring a lot of energy we bring a lot of uh, charisma we bring a lot of like stuff that we've been working on for the last like three years together because like our first show that we ever did was with Cookham and we've been working for a long time on like make perfecting our set and that mixtape was actually so we could have like really dope songs to perform live Mm. and after we did or we were got shortlisted for the players prize we actually realized that um our music is more than just like what we're going to do performing live and stuff like that it's actually there's a lot behind our music and it means a lot to our community and to the people that listen to our music so we thought we'd uh follow up the average savage which was shortlisted for the players prize and got our first Juno Nam off that and come up with like an even better album. Better meaning more politically charged? Yeah, so The Average Savage was a song about like 
getting over like stereotypes and and fighting through all those and reclaiming those stereotypes that were meant to hold us back but trapline is more about empowering us for what we are Hmm. and it doesn't really we don't talk about any of those outside influences we talk about what we embody as like um our power as indigenous people Hmm. and and people of color all over canada Welcome. You you were brought into this group after it was sort of already established on some level. Is that what I understand? Like you were brought in for live shows primarily. Is that how you started working with these guys? Pretty much. Like we our first show we did at Talking Sick, and that was them kind of organizing the night. I was the DJ for the night, and then um, yeah, just as these guys got busier, they're like, "Hey, come with us." <laughs> <laughs> so, are you involved in the production? No, you're not. No, you're the live DJ. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you do? Yeah. You must do. Do you do some production? Um, I work a little bit in Ableton. I'm still trying to. I'm practicing. I haven't put out any songs yet, but soon. That's fascinating. Yeah, How did yeah. you get into DJing? If you like you you're you have this. It sounds like a supportive role. You you view your role as supportive, playing other people's, you know, compositions, music. But uh, that's probably not why you got into this, is it? Like, did you want to create your own stuff? Yeah, definitely wanted to make my own, like make beats and stuff like that. That's always been a thing I wanted to do. I also do filmmaking. So that was like my first kind of thing that I was doing. And then I basically taught myself how to DJ. I just bought the most expensive DJ equipment there is and taught myself for about three years. Just watched a bunch of YouTube videos and like I'm still learning a bunch of stuff about DJing. It's like a never ending skill to develop, you know. Is it digital DJ equipment that you bought? Yeah, yeah. I bought CDJs. Okay. I was using CDs. <laughs> okay, wow. So yeah. this is going back. How long have you been doing this? Um, I, I guess this must have been like eight years ago. Eight years ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's fascinating. So f- the past six years, seven years, I've been busy in the past like three years. It's just like my job now. So Darren, how would you describe what Cookham brings to Snotty Nose Res Kids? Man, she just brings like, it's a dope vibe, you know, because like there's times where like she'll have her own set and that she gets the people like ready. Right. You know, and like, like she, a gets, warm up. she gets them hype. Right. And then we come on, they're ready to go. Right. Okay. Okay. And then she su- she shuts it down afterwards too. So You shut it down? She shuts it down. You just shut it all <laughs> shut down. Shut it down. down. Start it up, shut it down. <laughs> she brings that little ray of sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious about your perspective on what Quentin was just talking about, the trajectory, right? The, I, I have a sense that what yeah. happened was you guys were making music. You started around 2012 or something like that? Yeah, but that was kind of just like our own thing back home in Kitimat before we moved to the city. We really started taking it seriously about three years ago. And that's the first show that we ever did was her with that talking stick. And that was three years ago. What's talking stick? It's know. it's a it's a indigenous festival out in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. have a hand in organizing it or something? Or? No, I just okay. play there all the time. <laughs> but were you, um, were you like everyone's DJ? Yeah, that night I was. Yeah. How, does, how does that happen? Do you get... Do they give I you extra money for work that? You the DJ whole time. The whole time? Yeah, sometimes. That doesn't seem fair. Right? I it's don't not think fair. That's, that doesn't seem fair to me. <laughs> like, like of course, because I was more newer at it, and I'm totally down to play other people's beats, but nowadays I'm just like, they have to ask me for this. Because yeah. a lot of people just expect it now. <laughs> right, know? okay. We'll go to a show, and they'll be like, play my beats. And it's hard, because it's always my friends, if it's like Vancouver show. <laughs> right, of course. you can't. It's say harder that. to say no, but right. if it's people, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Cookham was kind of like... Like to us, Cookham was the one that held it down in Vancouver. She's the DJ that everyone knows. Like uh, we have a big indigenous scene out in Vancouver and everyone like supports everyone. Like so if Cookham was playing, the whole the whole community would come out and support her and she's a really good DJ. So it only made sense Thanks. for us to pair up with, with Cookham when we did. And uh, coming from like a a line of matriarchs, me and Darren come from back home it only made sense to have Cookham as our DJ as our permanent DJ okay to pair up so that that pair made a lot of sense to us because like she holds us down when we're on stage and that's like how our actual lives are the The women in our lives hold us down I want to touch upon that in a moment uh, because I think that's reflected on the new record as well but uh, I just I'm just want to talk about maybe Cookham's perception of you guys because you were kind of alluding to this that the Polaris Music Prize thing happened kind of external stuff started to happen to you guys. It sounds like there was more attention paid. And then the focus shifted a little bit, it seems to me, thematically, lyrically, a little bit. I mean, you were, it always seems to me to be a, a form of political and protest music, but it also has a lot of humor in it. Yeah. And I wonder if 
going back to Cookham for a moment, because she might have more of an objective view. Do you have a sense of this trajectory and, and maybe what's I've kind of hinted at what I think may have influenced what's going on. You're using your platform to talk about things that you think are important to your community, but what's your perspective on how this has evolved, how snotty nose res kids has evolved. Do you have one? Like, has it gone from something that was taken maybe a little less seriously to more seriously? Like, are you getting that vibe? Um, for sure. I think the past three years, I think at first, um, like these guys started doing open mics and stuff. And when I met them, I was like, damn, these guys are good. Like, I really wanted to support them and like help them, you know, get out there or whatever. So, and I think once they realized a lot of people were start like starting to like them, they just kind of started taking it more seriously. And in terms of their art, they were taking it more seriously. It's one thing to take uh, the demand seriously, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, we're being asked to do more stuff. We, we gotta, we gotta keep, we gotta get an infrastructure going. We gotta get a schedule. We gotta get a, a Google Calendar that we can share. You know, <laughs> like we need to share some stuff, documents. Mm -hmm. I'm getting kind of technical here. I use the word documents. But what I'm saying is, as it starts to get more serious, you got to kind of get your shit together. Yeah. But I, what I'm also hearing is that the content got a bit more serious, um, yeah. which is striking to me because it always seemed rather serious. Do you have a perspective on that? Like, are there conversations that occur where like, oh, damn, like we got to do something here. Like we, we now have the attention, like we got to do something. Like have they, have you heard them talking this way? Yeah, for sure. You definitely have those conversations. I mean, uh, there's so many things going on in the world and in indigenous communities. So I think as life goes on, there's just more things to talk about. Yeah. And yeah, you said you <laughs> you did say something that I also want to call back on, which is that you noticed they were getting a bit more popular. Was that locally, regionally? Is that when you noticed a shift that more people were coming out to the shows locally? Because at this point, as we're speaking, you have a national profile now, if not an international profile now. But is that did you start to feel things changing on a regional or local level and thought, oh, damn, like, I got to take this. Like, you're on the road with these guys yeah. now. So it's something more serious has taken place. But could you feel that happening locally? Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Like, when we do shows in Vancouver, there's so many of our friends come out and a lot of support from the friends. Yeah, it was definitely, like, local. And then um, the native scene is just, like, definitely, like, across Turtle Island, basically. So right. obviously, like, indigenous, other indigenous communities started hearing about these guys and especially the name <laughs> you know you're like i i don't knows Riz kids. Yeah, i what don't the? normally ask about band names or titles too much it sometimes it comes up but snotty nose res kids is something that has become i mean you rap about being snotty nose res kids it seems to be a real uh, thing that you've experienced and i like snotty by nature too which is very funny uh which <laughs> comes up as well yeah it's yeah, funny yeah. anyway let's yeah sure let's dig into that where does the name come from quentin yeah so if you compare snotty nose res kids to our album the average savage it's nothing like that right you know it's not like a stereotype that we were given or anything like that snotty nose res kids comes from love Snotty Nose Res Kids comes from um, our parents, our aunties, our uncles, our supporters. So when we're kids growing up in the small reserve of Kitimat, BC, the has a nation, you grow up with so many supporters around you within that community that it turns into like more of a big family than just a village. You know what I mean? So it's not uh, an epithet. It's like a term of endearment. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. So like, like we'd be running around the res, and you, your parents would let you go out at say like after school, then be like, yeah, come back for dinner, then you can go back out and do your thing, and we'd have like runny noses, stuff like that, <laughs> and just sure. like when, yeah, you know, like it would just that that was something that was referred to us as we were called snotty nose res kids. By our parents, our aunties, our uncles, like yeah, that's just what we were called, I guess. Okay. And it didn't actually like turn into anything until we, me and Darren, actually started up like our group and like try to figure out what we wanted our album to be called, and what represented that album the most was like Snotty Nose Res Kids. And as we were making that first LP, we were like, you know what? Why don't we just call ourselves Snotty Nose Res Kids? Because that kind of embodies who we are, hmm. and it just kind of like tells a story without saying much. Darren, how did you two meet? I'm just curious. Do you remember? I mean, you oh. must remember. You're a human being with a brain and a mind. You must, unless <laughs> Thanks, it's man. been sucked out of your. Well, I'm just giving you a little <laughs> compliment, a slight compliment. Yeah. Do you remember how you? <laughs> yeah, we met like we were really, really young, and you know we're related to our grandmas. Right? Oh, okay. You're related. Yeah, yeah. Okay. we're cousins. Cousins. And okay. um, I have an older brother, and him and my older brother are like best friends growing up. What's the age difference here between Three years? You? 
three years. Are you the oldest? I'm younger. I guessed wrong. I apologize. It happens a lot. It's don't yeah. worry. Sorry. You have a more stoic nature, which suggests maybe wisdom. <laughs> it's the beard, man. I know it's the beard. It's right. the beard. Anyway, so Come you on. met when you're family. Yeah, we're family, and uh, him and my older brother are really, really close growing up, and you know, I was just a little brother that tagged along everywhere. Okay. Yeah. So hip hop is a uh, seems to have been a thing, a common denominator for you. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Hip 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 hop and basketball actually. Oh. Sounds like hip hop. Stutter man. Hip hop and basketball. Yeah. yeah, those are two great. Do you play basketball? Yeah, yeah. We were actually I really don't. competitive in basketball. So like, you don't play basketball, no. Cookum. That is not. That's not right. It's the best sport. It's my it favorite sport. sport I like playing basketball. And you're like, you're both like seven feet tall. You're tall guys. How tall are you? I'm si- I'm six four on a good day. Yeah, Let's yeah. That's six, that's six three. Power six, forward. Four. Power forward. Point guard. Maybe. Anyway, yeah, you're yeah, small so you, forward. So you play ball. You're you are you, there's a kid like thing going on here. You you're rappers. You play basketball. I like it. I enjoy that. <laughs> but so you bond over basketball and and hip hop. What's the hip hop that I hear it? I think I know where you're coming from with your hip hop a little bit. It. Like I, no, where I'm not. No, I want to hear it from you first. <laughs> I hear all sorts of like I hear references to Dr. Dre. I yeah, hear yeah, references yeah. to all the classic '90s stuff that like Tribe Called Quest is referenced as well uh i mentioned Ken- yeah. did i mention this kendrick lamar uh this yeah. song of his where you you invoke it on the new album like we're gonna be all right like that's such yeah, an yeah, yeah. amazing statement uh that he that is circulating across um cultures so people yeah. Are like yeah we, we're gonna be all right like this empowering thing anyway i'm, I'm digressing i, I want to hear about the origin story about where you guys met in terms of hip-hop yeah like what were your common common uh, likes okay yeah so i'm just gonna touch on this before we get into it i'll let d get into it but you know growing up we grew up in Kitimat, bc and we didn't have live shows we didn't have any hip-hop artists that we looked up to because we were an isolated little village right so we didn't see the Winnipeg's most. We didn't see Res Official. We didn't see all these native rappers. So obviously we were influenced by mainstream rap. And the first album I ever got was The Chronic by Dr. J. And we used to watch the Up and Smoke religiously. The like tour it, video? Yeah, 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 the tour video, the, the tape. Like it was like we were going to live shows. And we'd all just go to Darren's house, Darren's mom's house. And his mom like wouldn't be around. She she'd worked a lot. So we'd hang out at his house and literally watch that tape like on repeat you know like it it would end and we'd replay it so that was like kind of where it like came from it came from his mom's house chronic or chronic 2001 2001 but um is your record yeah that's like my like you reference what's the difference between me like on one of the songs and i was like oh okay i know what that is like that seems like an innocuous statement but that is clearly (laughs) a dr dre reference so i kind of was like oh okay i know where you're coming from a little bit yeah but like that up in smoke video made us like want to become rappers and i'll let him to like tell you a little more but yeah it was like that that was kind of like where it all started for us okay is that is this accurate? Do you want to fact check this? Is is he yeah. is he wrong? No, like, yeah, like we used to watch like just those concert DVDs like all the time. Because you didn't have access to much else. Yeah, and like, and how also, far, how, sorry to cut you off. How far away are you from Vancouver? In sixteen hundred kilometers. Sixteen hundred kilometers. Okay, yeah. so you're not getting to Vancouver for shows. No. Very yeah. easily. Okay, <laughs> sorry to interrupt, but please. But yeah, man, we used to watch those concert DVDs all the time, and like. Also, like around the time like Eight Mile came out, like I was still young, and like it's like those things that influenced us and Eminem in particular. Yeah, especially for me, like my first album was the Eminem show. I was like ten years old when I got it. Yeah, I had to beg my mom to get it. But my son and I uh, will try to rap without me all the time because I had to learn it for something. I've been, I know that, so I've known that the, all the words without me for like fifteen years. <laughs> So he's trying to learn it too, but it's also same here, man. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a fantastic song. Anyway, sorry, Eminem is, but yeah, yeah, like like he's saying, like with Res Official and all those guys, like social media wasn't popping yet, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we both were like, we'd write poetry and like he would write spoken words and everything, and then it kind of just like snowball effect from there. We used to like actually. <laughs> Rap on like skinny computer mics, like those cheap ones. You Twenty dollar mics. Yeah. I think I read something like that. You just would try rapping. Yeah, we put it to the speakers, just crank it, and then right record on the everything on one track. Yeah, one take, and so this explains the um, humor uh, and the anger 
that I hear within both, like Eminem, <laughs> Dr. Dre. No, I'm, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but on some level, and I'm being, I'm generalizing. I'm not hearing um, in in your love of that stuff. That's not necessarily. I feel like hip hop is by its very nature very political, yeah, and very outspoken, and yeah. it's uh, a game changer. But you don't think of Dre and Eminem necessarily as particularly political artists. That was like our that was like our younger years, man. Like, and then coming out of that, we like listen. I like I listened to like Kanye West. Uh, Lil Wayne, pretty quite a lot of Lil Wayne in my high school years, but now I listen to like Earth Gang, J Cole, Kendrick Lamar, right? You know, like JID, Jid, like all those rappers are the one, rappers that I like to listen to now. But even Kanye, uh, I have so many conversations about Kanye on this show, <laughs> just like wistful, like oh, what happened? What happened with that guy? But I will say Kanye, like, I think of as a very political rapper. I mean. There, oh, he's on the he's on the laptop here. <laughs> Not looking so great. Looking like zombie Kanye. Yeah, that's zombie Kanye. Zombie Kanye. Yeah. Anyway, that's an important moment when you discover uh, that music. Um, for me, anyway, it has been uh, growing up in punk and hip hop. Like I gravitated towards those things because they had a inherent protest nature to them, and that's where you're at now, yeah. right? Like there's you're making outspoken political hip hop. And it's for a good, it's for your own purpose. It's reflecting your own lives. Where did you make that jump from that kind of comedic, almost uh, entertainment like hip hop to um, wanting to deal with the other sides of life? Do you mean like from album to album or from the younger us to our first album? Well, I, what do ga- you mean? I gather that you're already, we were just talking about Trapline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that something shifted right away yeah, for yeah. you there. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool, yeah. Right? Like you're like, oh, we, we got to yeah. make a, we, we, we have a platform here. We got to say what we, something purposeful. Yeah. So like from album to album, um, I don't know if you heard about it or not, but for the first album that we wrote, I had to get some stuff off my chest. There was like a lot of stuff that I was going through at the time, a lot of personal issues. And to get through that, I, I would just write. That, that was my that was my therapy. Can you elaborate upon some of the stuff? Or? Uh, yeah, so I lost my brother to suicide um, probably like four years before I put that album out. Very sorry to and hear that. Yeah, no, yeah, that's his life. But like it happened and it was like a really dark, dark time in my life and it took a lot to to get out of that and writing was very therapeutic for me so it wasn't until me and Darren he he went to like an audio engineering school in North Van mm. and we realized okay we put out a mixtape and we realized people actually want to hear us so it wasn't until then that I was like okay uh, I'm gonna get this off my chest but I'm gonna do it through a, our first full-length album and we put that Snotty Nose Res Kids album out and it was about the highs and lows of living on a res and growing up on a res right and then people were receptive to that. So we're like, all right, this is the next project that we want to work on. And it was something we were talking about for quite a while. It was a, The Average Savage, which was built around audio clips of cartoons and stuff that we grew up watching that kind of brainwashed us as kids into not only hating ourselves, but non-Indigenous people hating us from the get-go. Right, like, didn't even give us yeah. a chance. Right. So that was something I wanted to talk about. And now this album is something that's like... It's it's along the, our path of growing, but at the same time, it's something that needs to be said by us. Like, we come out of each album and we have a lot to say, but you can only say so much on an album while keeping it complete. Like, if you listen to our albums, they're very complete and in a package. And yeah, there's right. no yeah. So, uh, with each album, it's 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 a complete package of one thing that we have to say. One idea. One idea. Like a theme. Exactly. Right. So the next album will be something different, you know, and that's just how it's gonna be for Snotty Nose Res Kids okay. with us making music. Like we don't make we don't make singles, we make albums. Darren, uh, Quentin's just talking about a personal place that he sort of had to tap into, uh, a, a personal place of pain. I feel like a lot of this is rooted in some kind of pain. Uh, can you comment on your own sort of positioning as a as an MC as an artist? Like, where are you coming from? Yeah, definitely. Um... Also, like, I was close with his brother, too. Like, I used to work with him at the Alcan. Yeah. Smelt a plant back home. And right. Like, we're on the same shift. We. No, I, I, your family. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm very sorry to, to uh, even bring this up, but uh, it sounds like no, it's part of your origin story. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. yeah, man, it's just uh, growing up, like, with me, like, my older brother and my younger sister, like, we were raised with, like, a single mom. 
right and like our families together are just like open arms like i could go to his house and if i wanted to i could just like go in the fridge and get myself a bite to eat and like vice versa he you just take like a slice of cheese out of the fridge <laughs> yeah. eat like but, a slice of cheese like a like a, a rat yeah <laughs> but like a welcome rat a welcome rat like you were totally welcome to do that but so no like come over and drink all the milk it's just like that a dairy we brought up a lot of dairy there cheese yeah. milk i don't know what's going on are you guys hungry thirsty what's going on you need a, a bit, a bit. <laughs> coffee coffee right millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. You guys just landed. I appreciate the time once um, again. Sorry yeah. if I'm being a, an ass. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, it's just like, just pain. Like, I don't know if I can call it pain, but like, I guess traumas, I guess. Yeah. That we've held on to for a very long time. And we had to get that off our chest in order to make the next album. The and personal stuff. Yeah, we had to get, let that go. So like, for example, we did a song, two songs on the first album, one's called Off The Ledge. And that's one where one of us is talking as somebody that wants to commit suicide. And it's basically a conversation with somebody trying to talk him off, mm. off the ledge. Mm. And then the second song is called Black Blood. And that's like the aftermath of his brother passing away, you know, and that was like us getting everything we wanted to say off our chest and like almost like our final goodbye to kind of like let go of that pain of that pain and then the song after that is called my people and that's because you know especially like in our community when a family has somebody pass away the community gathers and like we help that family right in need right and so we wanted to show like the res like isn't all bad like we know how to love too we know how to have fun like we know how to have a good time it's not just anger and pain all the time you know so each album was meant to be for that period of time so had we not made Stein those res kids we wouldn't have made the average savage and had we not made the average savage we wouldn't have made trapline and who knows what trapline is gonna shift us towards you don't know yet we don't know yet uh, we definitely want to keep writing and making songs but the idea will come when it's meant to come so you you've characterized the first two albums quite clearly we are talking about trapline being um something else um maybe not necessarily it's coming from a personal place but it's speaking more to what exactly i don't want to mischaracterize this. um trapline is talking to our place and identity so it's talking to our home of where we come from when you say we though who do you mean that's uh, what i'm getting at yes yeah, so whoever whoever is speaking oh, so you, you mean of the two of yeah you. Of, of, of the I two just, of us i guess what i'm part of what i'm clarifying here is on some level you talked about how uh on the average savage you were expressing pain about how you two felt brainwashed yeah yeah by the way culture perceived and misrepresented your culture yeah um but in doing so you're not just you must realize you're not just talking about yourselves. You're yeah. actually reflecting a, a community. You're yeah, representatives exactly. of this community. So is Trapline a similar yeah, situation? Yeah, same thing. Okay. Yeah. So Trapline's talking about like self and identity and where we come from. So it could be where Cooking comes from. It could be where Darren comes from, where I come from. And it connects that piece of land to our identities because uh, in our cultures, we have... Uh, what is known as Wawes, 
and it's known as our trap lands. And those are handed down from generation to generation to generation. Those are, the, we got 54 OAs. So what that is, is it's mountaintop to mountaintop, and that is your trap line. And there's 54 within our, our community. And that trap line is not yours for the taking. It's not yours to do whatever you will to it. It's yours to protect. And what Trapline, the album is about, is about protecting yourself in wherever you are in this world. Trapline is about connecting to the land and the people around you and and doing it in a a proper way. So the album is called Trapline. Where does that title come from, Quinn? Yeah, so Trapline came from a, a Vice article that we were a part of. We had a Twitter hater that when they said they make indigenous trap music for indigenous youth, and this Twitter hater was like, oh, man, like, you know what trap music comes from, right? It comes from trapping. So then we were like, no, we're going to, like, show you guys what trapping means to us. Right. And it's living off our land and living within, like, our systems. And, yeah, so a trap line to us is something different than trapping in a city or trapping in a town, like, right. like selling drugs. Oh, it's, okay. So that's what the guy said. And we, we my cousin is actually an author. She goes by the name of Eden Robinson. Uh-huh. And she wrote a, a book called Trap Lines, and that was a like a book that our that kind of got her famous along with Monkey Beach. Okay. So that was that the Trap Line is kind of paying paying homage to her as well. But yeah, the, the the whole concept of the album for Trap Line is connecting self to land and showing people that we're not too far off. Okay. With the features that we have. That's interesting. All right. But a trap line, if my understanding is correct, like a trap line, literally was a an area where animals were trapped right yeah yeah hmm. so in I'm our just wondering co- about the symbolism of calling your record trap line in yeah. the sense if there is any like i understand it's a very like evocative and provocative title it, and i wouldn't it, really call it um about trapping animals it's about providing uh, so okay so that's for good. trap so, lines for us I, sorry if i misspoke no, no, but that's what good. i but that's my understanding yeah, like, yeah, when yeah, you hear yeah. a trap line it's, 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 it, can you actually define what a, a trap line is? Yeah. I guess you were about to. Sorry. So, yeah, for us, our trap lines are from mountaintop to mountaintop. Yeah, you were saying. And, yeah. yeah, and those are bodies of water. Oh, So, our people I are fish, fishermen. Right. So, that would be our trap line where we could, like, either hunt. So, we could hunt, like, within the tree line. Yeah. Or we could fish on the waters. Okay. So, those waters are protected by the owner of that trap line. Okay. And only they could... Uh, fish or hunt in that territory. I see. It's like a territorial yeah dead uh, uh, sector, so to speak. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's a segment. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel like invoking that imagery in terms of what you're talking about is sort of relevant? Like in terms of what you're trying to reflect? Yeah. So it's kind of like an like a bit of like an abstract thing, but like um, we talk about like the matriarchal system that like that we come from. Yeah. And how like our the women in our family are the leaders and the ones that are have the final say in anything that goes through our family and yeah so like the way that the album opens up is paying homage to the women in our lives and i don't really want to get too much into the details of the album why not that's yeah. why we're here what are you what, oh, okay okay what are you doing with me here that's not whole, out yet well it is going to be by the time people hear this you got to oh, okay. pretend we're in the future this, i thought you said this no was no no it doesn't have to but even if it okay, does okay, i mean okay, this okay. is a nice preview for the it doesn't have to it's okay, fine. okay we don't have to put it out then we'll put it out later but no you should talk about the record that's why we're here god damn it <laughs> that's what i want to talk about the new record yo who do you see my Oh no! I don't like where this is going. <laughs> I gotta think. Hold on. No man. This, um, this is getting insulting. I can tell know, I'm gonna be the hurt. The, the guy where? From the oh, Richard. The guy from the airport. <laughs> you know who this guy reminds us? A stranger we met at the airport. <laughs> yeah, legit. Oh, okay. He was a good guy. You yeah. met him once? Uh, no, a couple times. Okay, yeah. He, he's hilarious. I, well, I, I, he, thanks. He's, yeah, he's a good guy. Okay, good. No, I uh, <laughs> we gotta get back into this discussion. So yeah, trapline. Let me like let me like re- rephrase what what I said there. You're just earlier. picturing Richard right now. Yeah, You're looking at me. You just see Richard. It's very confusing. What does he do at the airport? Oh no, I, he's just been traveling. So we passed him on his travel day. Oh, he's just him. another traveler. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. he's like maybe. a writer, like director. Oh, like, Richard Brankham. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I look yeah. like oh. Richard? Do I just sound, sound like him? I sound, sound like him. him. Wow. You sound almost exactly like him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, no, he's, gonna f- he's a writer. He's really cool. Yeah, he's really dope. So he's I'm, I'm cool. I'm a cool yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Storyteller. Oh, okay. 
you know. All right, you're cool. a storyteller yeah. too. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, you can, he's the kind of guy you can just sit with for like five hours and he can just talk. Yeah, that's and me. And you just listen. <laughs> <laughs> same here. I can also do the same thing. Yeah. 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 So the album, like the way we open it, we open it with a feature from Tiny to Gak, and it's called Rebirth, and it's just about us like coming into ourselves as people, as like indigenous men coming from our context in in this world and in this even into this like music thing that we're doing you know like we're just like coming out and we're coming out firing like being like oh this is we're snotty nose res kids and we're not going away you know so that's kind of like what that song was for us it was just coming out and letting people know like we're not going anywhere Mm -hmm. and yeah and this is like who we are this is our identity and it might not be we not we might not be like traditionalists we not might not be we're contemporary artists and we're aware of that and i know a lot of people will say like we, we people get critical of like what we're doing and stuff like that but this is our way of um having our voices heard okay so that's kind of what like what rebirth is okay and then uh the next song son of a matriarch and that's paying homage to the women that made us into the men that we are mm-hmm. so we can talk from our context and the next song is, you know, like goes into like creator made an animal. And then that kind of goes back into like what uh, the average savage was, right? It People calling us savage animals, like whatever. Mm. But we're just showing them that it's there's more to it than that, you know? So there's a so lot of there, layers on the yeah. record. And the way that the album kind of rolls out just kind of show speaks to who we are. Cook, I'm, um, I, I want to go to you here. Like, are... Are Snotty Nose Res kids saying and doing things that are common among artists of their age or in your milieu, like in your community? Or is this unique for people to be, for rappers to be this outspoken about these kinds of issues? What's your perspective on that? I think there's a handful of indigenous artists that are kind of, they make political hip hop, um, but these guys... I think just like get really into it and like they say a lot in their album but I like with the Trapline um, album I think like there's a lot of powerful messages in the album but it's also like bangers like things people are just gonna listen to and like and like you know blast it blast it loud in their car or something you know what I mean like the beats are great I love the beats. I don't know where they came from exactly, but maybe we'll get into that. But no, I agree with you. Yeah, I just like the difference between the last album and this album. You know, like I feel like the other album was like, it was pretty serious. It's pretty, it was dope still, but it's like serious. And this one's kind of like powerful, lots of messages, um, just more like hype and, you know, res bangers. Like Trap Line is the title. It's kind of like, to me, it's like native trap music. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's cool. Darren, like that balancing act that Cookham's referring to between doing something that has an earnestness to it or a, a serious bent to it, but balancing it with like what she calls bangers, right? Mm-hmm. Like actually beats that are going to like make you feel something like joyous. Mm-hmm. Is that tricky for you guys to kind of meet that? Not really. It, it's been working itself out. <laughs> yeah, like it's, we still like have our messages, Yeah, but it's just, not so literal like the average savage yeah right you know and also with like the features on the album we feature a lot of people from different ethnic backgrounds so like it's not just all indigenous artists right you know yeah and it's really exciting because we all share like a common view right point of view on whatever topic we talk about on whatever song so it really like takes it to the next level yeah the energy level of your group is particularly striking like it's not a dour experience listening to snotty nose sure. res kids right like it's a it's a really fun it's fun to engage with the music even though like the the subject matter is not necessarily fun like if that makes sense mm-hmm. but you make it fun and clever and funny and i you know earlier i was saying that i thought one of the last times we were in the same room together was at the um polaris music prize but then i realized i think the last time we were in the same room together was at megafono Oh, yeah, in yeah, Ottawa, yeah. and also in that bill, the sorority, yeah. as I recall, and great show by the way. Oh, uh, but the sorority also just blew me away, and yeah. 
they're on your record, right? Or yeah, actually, Brody, our manager, is their manager as oh, well. Okay. So like that, that's how that connection happened. First of all, and yeah, they're on our 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 record, and they were like super down to work with us and really dope in the studio. And they're on "Son of a Matriarch," right? And that's the song where we pay homage to the women in our lives. And for that song in particular, we kind of just asked them to come on it, give them the idea of what what it was about, and let them do their thing. Like we literally said, this is your guys' song. You can do what you want with it. Right. Like let's just make this our song. Right. Okay. And this is like us paying homage to the women in our lives. And how did they respond to that invitation? That's not a normal invitation. They, yeah. Did you hear it? I've heard it. That's how they responded. <laughs> <laughs> they came Facts. with fire. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So there's evolution is a constant. Uh, aspect a lot of artists evolve from album mm -hmm. to album but it seems like your muse is whatever comes up and that dictates the album yeah you've been doing these theme records yeah i mean like uh trapline like i said it came from a summer mixtape that we had planned so the vibe was from that summer mixtape so like a lot of the beats that you're talking about that's where that came from oh by the way who made the beats uh most of the beats from the album came from Kato. He's a, a producer out of Atlanta and another producer that goes by the name of Taylor King. Okay. But those are, they're all American producers and like another producer that came from like the UK. It's just kind of like outsourced beats from, from different places that we've like, like to look for beats. Okay. But all exclusive, like we just bought them from them. Right. Okay. So you, you're outsourced. You're, you're out. You is that what it's called? I don't think it's called outsourcing. Is it outsourcing beats? I don't know. That's is what that I, what people do? Like they, you're not a company. The outsourcing your your <laughs> to work. I just I assume you get business. beats. You, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've just never heard rappers say, "Oh, I outsourced the beats." I just never heard <laughs> yeah. that. No, it's just like you just look online. Yeah, no, no, right. yeah, no. I'm, I've interviewed people who've gotten beats. I've just never heard the term outsourcing is all I'm yeah. saying. Well, now you have. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's been a learning experience for me. Absolutely. So, Cook, I mean, you got to make a beat. you got to make beats for these oh, guys. Oh, I know, right? She's, she's, yeah, she's I was making some it. beats on the plane. <laughs> have you? Where are you? Just practice. I need you practice. Know, you can't hear so well on the plane. All that noise. I know. Was it easy? Could you? Did you make a beat? I did. You did? I did. Oh, okay. I just used the earbuds, and I mean... It wouldn't mix it on an airplane, but just practicing, <laughs> just practicing. Um, I am going to put out a song soon with an artist named Jillian. Okay. She's singing on it. Do these guys, this might sound cheesy because, you know, I, I get the impression you, you it's a familial, fun vibe here, but like, are you inspired by these guys, so to speak? Like, do they inspire you with what they're doing? Oh, for sure. Definitely. Like, I guess basically over the past year, I think it was a year ago when... They were like, let's be official, you know, official DJ. Yeah. And just even since then, just for me being comfortable on a stage and like talking on a microphone and talking to audience and stuff, it wasn't something I was always like, wasn't my thing. It wasn't something I like. I wanted to be a DJ because I'm just playing the music. I wasn't trying to be on a microphone. I used to be really shy. So like, it's definitely like they've inspired me to just like be out there more and like, you know. You're, you seem to me to be a, a, a pretty modest maybe even soft-spoken person, when you are on stage, do you become some kind of monster version of yourself? Like <laughs> hype person? Like are you like, DJ ah! Kukum comes out. Yeah, yeah, is that, is there a so, different, like, is, it a, is there a persona? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. I mean, not really. I don't, I think I have like a DJ voice, but yeah, my DJ voice comes out a little bit. You but do, you do have a DJ not voice. like, yeah. So what kinds of things are you saying at a, at a show to get people going? Like imagine you're about to start the show. I just, I want a little... DJ Cookham right now in this living room. <laughs> Yo, don't blush. <laughs> right? Okay. That's yeah, a bad look for a go. hardcore DJ. Yeah, I just want to hear a little bit. All right. Yo, what's up, everybody? Make some noise. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard for me to like, uh, like prank, pretend to do it, you know? Yeah, it's no, I can like tell. It seemed a little hard. Uh, <laughs> that's good. That's funny. That's good. Yeah, that's a whole thing. Like, it's a whole cultural thing that's going on. It's fascinating. Well, I, I do appreciate this time. I know you got to get to a, a, a sound check here in Guelph. But um, so the record will be out May 10th. Is there a label per se? Uh, no, there's not. We're independent. Still independent. Yeah. Aren't there people knocking down your door? Uh, there are, there are. Yeah, but we got like agents and stuff trying to get with us. But right. We're kind of like happy where we're at right now. Okay. But we're open. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, record comes out. This is a one-off. We're the show that you're playing right now. 
Again, I know for a fact that you're playing in Guelph in the summer. Yeah. Uh, for the Hillside Festival. Yeah. Other plans? Uh, that you can pl- talk about? I other, mean, other plans? Yeah. We're, well, we're going on tour in May. Okay. So we're kicking it off in, in Europe and then we're doing our Canadian tour, like our biggest tour to date. Okay. So that, that'll be our Trapland tour. Okay. And yeah, and that, yeah, we're, we've been kind of like working out. That's what we're recording for in Toronto mm-hmm. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're just like super excited to get that one rolling out. Okay. So where can people go to learn more about the, the group or the, you know, we're, this is an internet thing. Yeah. I mean, like our Instagram's kind of popping off, you know? Is it going well? Yeah. Yeah. It's well, like you can kind of like figure out who we are and kind of like figure out our vibe just by looking at our Instagram account. But who also, mostly does the Instagram? Mostly me. Darren, what are you doing? You're sleeping on the Instagram? You're not doing the Instagram? Once he, he, he did. Time. He takes the photos. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Actually, Darren runs the stories. Oh, you do all the stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Darren runs the stories. How are those doing? Good. good. <laughs> <laughs> Real good. It's, Real a, good. It's, it's a job, man. I know. It's, it's a job. Isn't it? Posting all yeah. the time. It's a whole other job. Trying to think of cool things to say. Yeah. And it's just crazy. We data runs out sometimes, though. Yeah. <laughs> the, data, the data runs out. Right. No, and, and like... <laughs> People in real life, like your friends and family and girlfriend, whatever, like they all kind of look at you like, are you crazy? You know, like, right. they, like trying to like, well, it's not really you. It's well, before, before this whole thing, I didn't really care too much about like Instagram and all that kind of stuff, but you know, you have to do it. Yeah. It's yeah. all, it's all part of this whole music thing. In Canada, as you get, um, wherever you're from, um, as you are more embraced by the music industry or the media or whoever else, some people will move. Yeah. from uh, say an outlying area like British Columbia to maybe a place like Toronto. Yeah. Have you thought about moving or relocating from British Columbia? Yep. I actually, it's kind of funny that you said that cause I'm the opposite. Like I'm living in Vancouver right now and I'm thinking like, you know what? I'm kind of happy with where my career is going right now. I feel like I can move like deeper into the bush yeah. or like to Vancouver Island right. and go like live somewhere happy. But like not a bigger city that's never been like a thing for me to like move to a bigger city that's fair no what about you i'm quite content in vancouver like i I grew up city i mean that's a big city we grew up on the coast right right? so like i'm used to being around the water and mountains yeah so yeah okay i just was wondering it was a happy meeting are you staying put i think so yeah. yeah i think so it's uh the weather's medium yeah it's never too cold never too hot rainy isn't it yeah it rains a lot mm-hmm Besides, it's a rainforest. <laughs> right, 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 right. But it's never freezing like it is here. But I did want to yeah. move a couple times. I tried to move to Toronto, want to move to LA, you know. <laughs> right. But I think it's better to just be able to travel to those spots and then go back to Vancouver. Okay. I think probably stay there. Just innocent question. I mean, there's a lot of pressure to get closer to the infrastructure, but we're the internet now. You're basically, you can yeah. get in touch with anyone. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's fine. Okay. If there's a song from Trapline that we can go out on right now, what would you select? Yeah, album coming out May tenth. The song's called "I Can't Remember My Name." Well, why did you pick that song? I'm just curious. It's definitely like one of my favorites on the album. Okay, and it's I've, got your favorite verse. I have a lot of favorites on the album. <laughs> it's got your own. It's got his own favorite verse. No, his favorite featured verse. Oh, who's the feature? Yeah, it's our a bro that we met out in Toronto. He goes by the name of Shank Su. Okay. And he's coming out to perform with us tonight. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, so this is... I don't even remember what you said, and I, I'm blanking on the name. I can't remember. <laughs> 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 you thought he was joking or not, man. It was a bit complicated. Uh, it's called I Can't Remember My Name? Yeah. I, yeah. Was, okay, I almost good. fell for that. I, I almost fell for it, too, and I, I was in the moment there. I don't know the track list for me. Okay, this is Snotty Nose Rez Kids, but I can't remember my name uh, from their new album, Trapline. Quinn, Darren, Cookham, thank you so much. Oh, no. Instagram story happening during the outro. Thank you so much for being on my show, and best of luck with everything going forward. Nah, thanks for having us, man. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pray for me, pray for me. Kuwaiti, go pray for me. There's not enough money to make. Yeah. Give a young savage a break. Yeah. There's not enough food on my plate. Yeah. Give me a reason to pray. Kuwaiti, yeah. just let us go crazy. Savage from back in the day. Yeah. I can remember my name. Yeah. Talk about us in our K. Need you with attitude, that new and W A. I say what
Marcus and Tan on everything. Yeah. Thank the creator for Hover. Hover. I'm smudging the dirt off my shoulder. Go. Indigenous bastards, we be the baddest ones with the status. Diamond like Dallas, I'm proud of me. Yeah. Ear on my hand, no sobriety. <laughs> Savage as fuck this society. Yeah. My neighbor, the only way. Only way. That's work to a jiff way. Humble with a little bit of Kanye. What? Nietzsche about to go crazy. There's not enough money to make. Yeah. Give a young savage a break. Yeah. There's not enough food on my plate. Yeah. Give me a reason to pray. Ready, yeah. just let us go crazy. Yeah. I can remember my name. Yeah. Got down on my bit out of place. Yeah. I can remember my name. Yeah. The faces they all look the same. Yeah. I can remember my name. Yeah. I'm a savage from back in the day. Yeah. I can remember my name. Fame, I be switching lanes, let me navigate, no compass We against the grain, we are not the same We ain't about to get lost in the jungle Now you're feeling uncomfortable, that's where I'm coming from You're coming from the grind and I'm coming from the struggle We be on the next wave yelling out cowbunga Let us about to rock the world, let's rumble, uh We so many, yeah. bitch I go score the Korean and go cray Head on my back, put that shit up and braid What's an arcade, bitch, remember the name Swimming through the cream of the crop Mama don't let me get lost I'm finding my way through the sauce there's not enough money to make Give a young savage a break There's not enough food on my plate Give me a reason to pray Ready, just let us go crazy I can remember my name Got down on my bit out of place I can remember my name The faces, they all look the same I can remember my name I'm a savage from back in the day I can remember my name Thinking about my prayers last night Had me fighting in my sleep like Tyson and a Ringo Talking in tongues when I speak, that's my lingo And I got eyes like an ego I'ma keep going, I'll never stop I only go as far as my people Do what I have to, make sure they eat too Might shake your hand, but that don't be nice Walking in the room like yeah Banging on a drum like yeah She was dancing in the rain like yeah Feeling the pain of my people in my veins like yeah Shout out to aim like yeah Can't do those things like that Gonna end up on the range like that Gonna take it to my grave like that Don't forget about my name, oh yeah Shanky Shank, oh yeah Not enough money to make special thanks to Snotty Nose Res Kids and DJ Cookham for being on this, the 474th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and available on all iOS and Android platforms and Spotify, YouTube, Audio Boom, all sorts of other things as well. If you're looking for an episode on, uh, on one of those platforms and you can't find it, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. You can also like Creative Control on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Vish Creative, Creative with a K, or follow me directly at Vish Kana. Also listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time around the world at CFRU.ca or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Also please visit Patreon.com slash Creative Control to make a flexible monthly donation keep this podcast going it would be greatly appreciated if you could do that for me thank you thanks again also to pizza trocadero the bookshelf planet bean coffee and granddad's donuts for their in-kind support of this show and my pal jim guthrie lends me a song of his every week the rest is yet to come it's the instrumental version of that song i hope you will visit his website jimguthrie.org so you can learn more about jim and his excellent music And thank you very, very much for uh, listening to this program and uh, other episodes of this show, if that's something you do. And and thank you for subscribing to the podcast on whatever platform you use uh, and keeping tabs on it uh, that way. And also for spreading the word about it, telling your friends about it, telling people to be on it, maybe, or asking them to don't tell anyone to do anything. Just ask them if they want to be on the show, if you think they'd be good on the show and they want to be on the show, that that, I'm, I'm happy to have them on the show. Anyway, I have to go, but I will talk to you very soon. Bye for now.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.